And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. I am joined by the lovely and talented Missy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Good. I was trying to think of some more superlatives, but I could just go on and on. Lovely, I'm pretty super talented. as it is. It's okay. You don't have to. You are pretty super. Had too many superlatives. <laughs> well, it's so been a humble. good. Sorry. It, what's that? I'm so humble. You are. You are. It's been a good week here on the farm. It uh, was not 95 degrees to 115 degrees. We had the cold front move through monday night it brought with it uh, about an inch or so of rain on tuesday which was lovely and much needed and, and a 30 degree temperature yeah change. a high of 65 right, it went from 95 the day before to 65 the next day it was like hold the phone <laughs> oh so so nice uh, so yeah, it was a lovely week here on the farm. Hopefully you've had a good week as well. It's been a busy week. We've been shipping out a lot of hot sauce. Thank you to all who uh, wrote in and inquired about getting a bottle for just $10 shipping and handling, which by the way, we realized does not we actually... We are totally getting hosed on this deal, so you're welcome, but that's never happening again. Yeah, so. next year's... So we have to make... This year's hot sauce. We've got it ready to go. We're going to try to make it this weekend. And unfortunately, the uh, shipping and handling of $10 is probably going to have to be raised to like $14, I think, right? That's about well, average. Well, I have to look on average to. because so far I have only paid less than $10 on one box. Everything else has been anywhere from 11 to $16 to ship. So, yeah. 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 Well, we'll figure something out. It's, you know... Yeah, it uh, you know it is what it is. I'm glad that we had such interest. I wish that we could send it cheaper, <laughs> yeah. uh, and maybe one day we'll figure out a way to do it. But you know, look, we're sending out 20 bottles. It's not like we're sending out 2,000 bottles, right. so we can't you know ship in bulk. And as a matter of fact, it's been interesting the uh, the packing materials that you've been using to, yeah. to ship I have, <laughs> these hot so sauce bottles. The other thing is, is that because I'm not being able to save much on postage, I'm trying to save money on packaging. So I've been recycling all the appropriately sized boxes in the house that don't weigh a ton because that's where they get you. Um, and I've also been cutting up really big boxes to make into little boxes. So I think I sent out about three of those homemade Franken boxes uh, that they got a giggle up out of the post office. They're like <laughs> It's little Fort Knox in packing tape too, by the way. But nothing's gonna nothing's gonna break those bottles, <laughs> right? And then on the inside, the packing material, like the we don't have peanuts, them, we don't have some uh, of them are um, well, you're gonna get yarn bombed, <laughs> and and this is going up after it's already happened. And I wish I could have seen the look on your face when you opened up a box expecting to see a bottle of hot sauce, and you saw a giant tangled skein of yarn. Because the hot sauce is shoved inside the skein of yarn, and then the extra is just strewn around the edges as extra padding. So, yeah. So, is this, like, fancy yarn that people are getting? No, it's okay. not fancy yarn. It's um, <laughs> scraps of variegated that I'll never be able to use for anything, and pieces that are too small for any projects. It's a lot of leftovers from those octopus hats. Okay. 
Oh, okay. The stuff that you uh, crocheted. Yeah. Which was scrap yarn that you'd been using anyway. Right. It was stuff that I was trying to use up. Well, this is even less useful stuff. So it's just getting shoved in boxes as packing material. Okay. I'm recycling. I'm ultimately recycling. (laughs) You are. Good for you. Thank you very much. And if uh, if anybody can use those yarn scraps, if they can't knit, if they don't crochet, what can you use cheap yarn for? Can you? Make- you can cut it up into smaller pieces, and at certain times of the year, you can leave it out for birds to pick up for their nest building. So okay. Probably when they're, uh, I would say, end of winter, early spring, mm-hmm. you can just cut it into small pieces. So. That's what I've been doing when I've been uh, uh, brushing Zelda outside because Zelda. The Great Pyrenees is shedding like, um, well, like a big mountain dog living in a really hot spot in the summer. Uh, yeah. And so, yes, every time I take her out to brush, there's like a puppy that comes off of her. And I've just been leaving it in the front yard, which looks kind of trashy, but the birds use it to build their nests. Yeah. I actually read somewhere that um, birds use pet hair, but they should not use human hair because there's something with the human hair that can really mess them up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it might be longer and finer and wrap around their legs or their beaks or whatever. I don't know. But uh, uh, but they say, yeah, leave your pet hair outside, but, you know, don't leave your human hair out there. Don't don't cut your hair in the yard, apparently, or oh. whatever. I did see something a little short on what you can do, though, with the hair from your hairbrush. You can tuck it into your p- potted plants, stick it down into the soil, because it, as it breaks down, it gives them added nutrients. Really? Yes. Hmm. I'm. I, it was a whole bunch of cute little garden hacks. They took a, a branch from a tree, they stuck it in honey, shoved it in a potato, and then stuck the whole thing in dirt, and it grew into a bush. Just a tree branch. Yes. It. The honey helped to propagate the roots in the potato. They both added nutrients and antibacterial that it needed to foster an environment for growth. And then the soil ended up taking over after the potato was gone up. Really? Yeah, it was crazy looking. It was like, it was something I saw on I don't know whether it was Facebook or probably Facebook, but it was like a whole bunch of short ter- little gardening hacks, mm-hmm. and it was like short little videos all clipped together. Huh, that's interesting. We uh, we don't have problems with getting trees to grow uh, oh, no, here on have, the 40 acres. We, we have, have a problem opposite. with, why are you growing? Stop growing in these places. So we have this one variety of tree. I can't remember the name of it. You looked it up. I call it the elephant or the zebra trunk tree. Oh, I it's our, our friends at Dirty Knees Farm that told us what the names of the trees were. They grow like grass. Yeah. And they go, they they travel underground until they come to a different place to want to pop up. And then all of a sudden you've got like these huge trees. Yeah, and they grow fast. They grow fast. And then you can't, just, you can't, you burn, can't them. burn them up because there's some sort of toxin mm-hmm. in them. Like, yeah. Great. The goats like to eat the, the leaves. Yeah, the goats eat the leaves and it doesn't seem to cause them any distress. Right, but we can't put the, but the you can't burn up the branches wood. on the on the wood pile. Yeah, so um, so that's annoying. So uh, and and like uh, Missy said, they kind of grow up through you know the root system, and so they'll pop up not just one at a time, but like all of a sudden there'll be a dozen. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of growing up in your yard, much like the black locust trees that we have. But they usually grow. From themselves, or they from no, never mind. They no, do the they, same they thing. grow they, from they, their root they system. They send out too. those crazy roots too. Because when we were going through this last heat wave, the grass had pretty much stopped growing, but uh, we had all these little trees that were popping up. Like, I didn't need to mow the yard, you I need needed to mow the trees, to mow the trees down. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's what I did uh, last weekend when it was blazing hot. Got up bright and early and uh, hand mowed around the house yeah. before it got too hot. And then in the afternoon, I was like, well, all right, well, if I got to mow, at least I can, you know, treat myself to sitting down on the riding lawnmower and getting it accomplished that way. Well, you did that too. By the time you did that, it was like 630. So it was also a little not so blazing hot, but it was still, because of the humidity, it was still yuck awful out there oh yeah it was gross yeah. and i uh so I, I i mowed down by our creek on the back part of our property where that's our shooting spot and i think i've talked about this before yeah. we had so much rain this past winter it was like a, it's like, like a third of it is is yeah and i was able to mow a little bit more down than yeah. i had before but there's still this section and it's almost almost like in the middle of the little pasture Oh, wow. uh, the, the small pasture that's down there, like in the smack in the middle, that's still standing water. And I can't, I, I drove through the edges of it and I noticed, you know, I'm getting mud on the tires of the lawn tractors. I'm like, oh, okay, better not go any further. And then in the one of the back corners, which is close to the creek, there's stagnant standing water as well. Huh. Um, get it graded somehow better. But I was able to mow a path down to the creek itself yeah, right. without getting the you know the tractor stuck in the mud or whatever so it yeah i know it's so strange um I, we just need to get some of those uh, mosquito killer cakes so oh, i can yeah. throw that down in the stagnant part uh, yeah. because i'm afraid if we went shooting down there at the moment we'd get malaria oh we probably so would. Yeah, and you're already idea. freaked out enough because you were so we're we're supposed to go on vacation we had scheduled this about a year ago, and I'm really, really glad. One of the <laughs> one of the many reasons why I am glad that I am reemployed, and we'll talk about that. I'm having a, a great time at Bearing Arms, um, but it means that we don't have to cancel this vacation. You right. know, Missy loves the ocean, uh, and we had since we moved to the farm, she had been able to go for like a weekend. We were able to send her for a weekend, her and the kids, and I stayed here and I took care of the critters. Yeah, one time before last year. Yeah, and so last year we just sucked it up. We were able to find somebody to house it for us and farm it for us. And we had a family vacation for the first time in a long time. And it was it was so good. It was so good to have the adult kids with us. Yeah. And it was so good to just relax. It was so good to see Miss E, you know, frolicking in the waves uh, <laughs> that we wanted to do it again. And so we're planning on going here in a few weeks down to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, and you keep reading these stories, oh my these gosh. horror it's stories, horror stories, right? like literally horror stories. Somebody in two, three people in Virginia Beach have contracted this flesh-eating bacterial infection. One of them died after 48 hours, and he was a cancer patient who was undergoing chemotherapy and had a suppressed immune, immune system. system. Like, oh, I don't know, someone else we know. And then there was a woman who got smacked down by a wave so hard that she broke her neck and instantly died. Or a man. That was a man. It was a yep. man, father of six. Yep. Um, and then um, there's sand lice at the beach, <sighs> which are bitey. And, I, and I'm like, oh, dear Blob, I, I contacted my oncologist, and he said, as long as I don't go into the... As long as I avoid still and stagnant water kind of thing mm -hmm. and don't go in um, with any cuts on me, which is hilarious because it's like every time I cook dinner, I've got to Right, so you're not allowed to cook for like a week before, right, we, before we go to the, the beach. beach. Um, so, yeah, it's like, it's crazy. I don't know whether I'm going to be 
able to go in the ocean this year. But at least the, we, you know, the house has a pool and it has chlorine, so it kills everything. So I'll I'll deal with that. I was gonna say I think what we do is we just you know you go to the beach and maybe we spray you down with some sort of you know like. <laughs> fungicide right after you get out <laughs> and then as soon as we get back to the house then just you just take a hot you just hop in the shower yeah. right and uh, and we'll spray you down with more fungicide after that. <laughs> and i think that i think that you'll be okay i don't know i haven't seen any like fungal infections so i don't know if that would actually i don't work think that's gonna work i did run Fleshing across a story well thing. i ran across another story from north carolina today of another guy who died after some other infection, but it was a man-made pond that he was swimming in, so not the ocean. So okay, we'll, we'll just water. keep you away from man-made pond. Again, stagnant water. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, All the ugh. more reason why, you know, we need a mosquito bomb that uh, stagnant <laughs> water that we have down by our creek. Well, I'm not going swimming in that. I want to No, be in the but ocean. <laughs> imagine if, you know, the flesh-eating bacteria or the little brain-eating amoebas, you know, got sucked up in the by a mosquito mm. living in that stagnant water and then spit it out you know when it was sucking your blood and all of a sudden you got you know brain eating amoebas from that, our creek that would be bad i wouldn't be, want brain eating amoebas. you're welcome for introducing memory. that thought so, into your, thank you because i didn't you have just, enough problems with flesh eating bacteria to the beach and no broken no necks and you should be terrified every time you wake up and leave the house that's that's <laughs> not really not really thank you very much nut job yeah, so it's been a uh, like I said, it's been a good week. We've uh, you know, the vegetables are coming in nicely. We've uh, we've been overrun with tomatoes, which is a great problem to have. Lots of milk. Uh, lots and lots of goat's milk. Yes. I made mozzarella and ricotta cheese over the weekend, mm-hmm. so I think I'm going to make uh, dough and we'll do pizza tomorrow night in the pizza oven. Awesome. With homemade mozzarella and ricotta. Yes, we have a, a lovely camp chef uh, pizza oven. Our friend Scott Laseth, the sporting chef, uh, was able to uh, help us uh, get a good deal on one. And we've used the heck out of it for the four years or so that we've had it. Yeah, it was when he was, oh, how long ago was that when he was filming his show? Four or five years. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. It was funny because he came equipped with so much cooking stuff. And he took one look at my kitchen. And he was like, yeah, I think I overpacked. <laughs> I said, no, I know for next time. Everything is pretty much here. Just, you know, send your grocery list on ahead. Now, the mozzarella that you made was, uh, it, it is really tasty. There's, there's still a big slab of it in our refrigerator right now. Mm-hmm. But it was, you called it 30-minute mozzarella? Yeah, it's um, from um, the Ricky Carroll home cheese making book. Not Ricky uh, Lake. Nope, not Ricky. Not Lake. Ricky Martin. Ricky Carroll. It's a. It's a. It just. It's um. A shortened version of a mozzarella uh, that doesn't. It takes a little bit longer than thirty minutes, but it's a much shorter version. And the reason I did it this way is because the longer version uses a culture that I didn't currently have in stock, whereas the shorter version just uses citric acid and rennet, and I always have that. Okay. Um. But. Um, the the problem with so okay I'm 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 skipping ahead in my conversation so the cheese is really great it's really good to use immediately um, but the cooler thing about using the longer version is that so I made this and we have to eat it all soon because it's going to go bad you can't really you know store fresh mozzarella for a really long time okay. so pizza tomorrow pizza for everybody um, now if we had vacuum sealed it. It will last a little bit longer, and I can still do it. I can probably vacuum seal half of it. It'll stay a little bit longer in the okay. refrigerator. But anyway. But not long. But not for fresh. long. I mean, it's still it's still fresh. Whereas if, but but if I had followed the directions for the standard mozzarella, if I stopped at curd, I can freeze the curd, 
in, in smaller batches. So I can make a big old batch of curd and freeze it into more manageable sections. And then I could just make one batch at a time of mozzarella small batch by just boiling, by taking the curds out of the freezer, letting them defrost and continuing uh -huh. on with the boiling water and the stretching. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you made really good mozzarella right. that is pretty easy to make. Where You said, uh, who is it? Ricky? Ricky Carroll. Okay, I almost said Ricky Charles, and I said... Home cheese making. Okay. Um, also associated with the New England cheese making. So, I oh, I'm yes. sure that's Oh, yes, of, um, the, of the New England Carrolls, the New England cheese making <laughs> Carrolls. about the New England Carrolls, but <laughs> if, if you're in the cheese making community and you have a couple of cookbooks, you probably have heard of her because, you know, of all the recipes she's got. Yeah. Uh, that chef pound cake I know, is, I know that. is uh, from a little pamphlet that came in my little mozzarella, how to make mozzarella kit that was the very first time I ever made cheese. Uh -huh. Um, so I still have that little fold out. Oh, okay. And that's where I got that chevre pound cake recipe. Nice. From. So, so um, the ghost milk soap that we made a few weeks ago uh, is still curing. Probably have another three weeks or so before it's ready to go. And you said that uh, at least some of the bars are... like a weird film on the top. And it's probably just like a maybe I mixed it not long enough or too long or something. But uh -huh. if anybody's had that problem and you know how to get around it, I think I remember seeing something about spritzing it with water as it's curing just like a light stream but now it's in hindsight you know what i mean yeah uh, well the uh, the woman who has been uh, helping us design the uh, the artwork for our upcoming t-shirts uh jenna Regenrich from cold antler farm in new york she makes goat's milk soap yes we bought, we some, bought some of her goat's it's milk really soap. awesome it's nice and hard it lathers fantastic yeah it's I really it. it is good we've already used like two or three bars of it yep. um Anyway, I will uh, I will ask her. Oh, thank you. Uh, she knows more about soap. But if if there's anybody listening who knows soap. about soap as yeah. well, besides that, you know, you use it to get yourself clean. Yeah. Um, let us know because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious about that. Yeah, I don't want to do this to the next batch if it's something that I could have avoided because it's just not very pretty. I'm I'm sure if it's you know not pretty, I can just shave that bit off and go on with my life. But if it's also something that's like a weird chemical imbalance or oh no, the lie is coming. Yeah, I don't know, but. Yeah, I'd like to know. I would actually been. I've, I've been talking with Jenna about her actually uh, coming on the show. Um, so maybe next week or the week after, we can do an interview with her, and you can ask her questions about soap. Oh, sure. How about that? That'd be fun. We'll try to get that worked out. Okay. Yeah, because you've been trying. You've been trying dying to test your software. And well, stuff we had a hope. We had hope Fleck on a few weeks ago, and we. Uh, I didn't. You weren't around for that one. That was one of the weeks that you were off, and I did an, an interview with our friend Hope Fleck from Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, and did it, and it was here on the podcast, oh, and it cool. sounded great. Right. Speaking of interviews, we uh, as, I, as I mentioned, it's been finishing my second week. At uh, Bearing Arms, as editor of BearingArms.com, and it's been going very well. Thank you for reading and spreading links around and things of that nature. And I've had a lot of folks ask or say, you know, I'm really sad that Cama Company's not around. I hope you're able to bring something back. So um, we are. We are bringing something back. And uh, in the very, very, very near future, we'll be rolling out... Um, a version of you know a show where I talk about the Second Amendment and interview people. I think that it's probably going to change um, and morph and grow over time. But we wanted to get something out there with all of the basic elements, and we'll be doing that. I, I feel confident that by the time you're listening to this, uh, we'll be less than a week away from 
starting to roll some of those shows out. So I'm very excited about that as well. Oh, it's a good thing you figured out the software then. I have, yes. Yeah. So I've been having to learn how to do this <laughs> because I haven't had to do much more than the you know the talent side right, yes. of the show. And now I'm, I'm now you're more than just a pretty face. I'm, I'm a one man band basically, <laughs> and so figuring out. You know, the, the cool thing is, is that there's software that exists that allows a person to do what, you know, it took three or four people to help me put together every day. Right. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, the sucky part is that uh, I have to figure this out and work <laughs> it. And, and and I have. That's the, the really good news. But it's taken me a few days. There was just like one issue that is, you know. It's a small issue, and yet it was a huge, it's huge, if you huge have, roadblock if you because I could not figure out how to record an interview with somebody without my audio disappearing. So you could hear them, but you could not hear me, and that's not very good. Kind of not, yeah. You don't want to miss half the conversation, you, right? Well, it's like guess the questions. It's like that amazing <laughs> Carmack thing where he'd read the answer to a question that was in a piece of paper right. like that that's not real fun i mean as no. a talk show listening to the end the other side you're like well what, what was the question exactly <laughs> but that hurdle has been overcome i now know how to have a conversation with c has been my guinea pig this week i've been you know randomly asking her hey can you get in front of the laptop and uh, can i look at you and the funniest thing is i wish that i could share this with you so this has got to be getting old for missy e. and so a couple of days ago, when I asked her, hey, I'm going to send you a link. Can you click the link and, and you know join me on the video? She clicks the link and up pops your, 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 you, you got mail goat. Yes. Your little stuffed goat that uh, one of our friends and fans sent you. Yep. Which, so it, there, there's the goat, right? Yes. Popping up on the video screen. Uh, that made me laugh. And then. Domo. Oh, yeah, Domo-kun yep. showed up. Uh, and then today, uh, it was Grumpy. From my T-shirt. <laughs> from your T-shirt, which was kind of cool because it really was just, you know, like right there centered on your chest. So <laughs> I didn't feel like such a pig staring at your chest because I was actually supposed to be staring at Grumpy. There you go. But, uh, yeah, just to let you know, I was staring at your chest. That's fine. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> so, so thank you for being the guinea pig over the oh, last few days. You're and, welcome. I'm glad I could help. Yeah, I am too. And I uh, was really, really glad that I got that all worked out. So, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time talking about the bearing arm stuff here because this is about the non-work stuff. But um, I do just want to let you know that if you've reached out, I've had a lot of people reach out to me on LinkedIn of all places, and I've not been able to respond to everybody yet. Mm. Oh, well. Um, but, but just know that I, I really, really do appreciate all of your support. I appreciate you sending links around. Missy is, you know, sending links from all of my stories. Every time I write something up, she's sending it around. And I, I really do appreciate that. And I am really looking forward to being back behind the microphone uh, when it comes to reporting on Second Amendment news and information and interviewing folks from the world of the Second Amendment. And that's something that I, uh, I've really missed over the past month. And, and again, I'm, I'm glad that we get to get back to it uh, here before long. So, there's that. All righty then. Yes. Oh, before I forget, um, goats. We have goat updates. Yes. So, two of our girls have found their forever homes. They're going to be the spoiled pets of our sheriff's wife. <laughs> <laughs> she is just head over heels in love. She's already gotten one of them to eat out of her hand. 
Um, so she's beyond thrilled. So she's she's uh, they're not living that far. We actually heard them today when we went up to walk the dog yeah. at the top of the driveway. We heard baby goats. Um, we're gonna go ahead and keep Casper and Shark Boy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get them neutered, and we're gonna use them for our lawn mowing. Shark Boy's already neutered. Shark Boy's already neutered. Casper's Casper was too little when we banded. brought him in. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, they're, we're gonna keep them for our lawn mowing business. Right. And then I've decided to keep... Our rent-a-goats. Rent-a-goats. Uh, and then I decided to keep uh, one of them, uh, Freckles' daughter, because she's, she's just so splashy and so pretty. I love her face. She just has this crazy big, like, cat eye, black ring around her <laughs> eye on her one side. And I was thinking, oh, like the dog from our gang, but that was a boy named Petey. So this mm. is a girl, so I just took the only girl in our gang whose name was Darla. So we have a new uh, goat that's going to be registered as Corny Goat Farms Darla. Okay. 100% Nigerian dwarf. I hope one day she has babies and we can name them after other our gang of course. actors. So we can have Alfalfa and Spanky. Yep. We're going to keep, we're gonna keep her. That's why I want to keep her. Because her mom is really good on the milking stand. Mm-hmm. She's really consistent. She has a good size udder. Um, this is only her first year on the stand, and it only took like three times before she finally figured out that it's free food, and all she has to do <laughs> is stand there nicely. Um, and we have a really, you know, and now they all come to the gate at their turn. Yeah, which is sad because we actually have two of the girls who are not getting the sweet feed treats anymore because well, they're not, they don't one need the of extra them, protein. well, they don't get milk, right? And so the 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 girl Toffee. Uh, she was the one that had mastitis, so she can't be a milker anymore. Nope. Uh, so she just has to, you know. She There's a the significant feed. chance that she's going to have a very. She'll have a damaged udder. Yeah. The two children that she did have this year were really. One of them was completely brain damaged, mm. and the other one was something was that didn't work. So yeah, we had to put one down, and the other one died. Um, so she's not getting bread anymore, but she was one of our kids' pets. So that's yep. why her name is Toffee. So she's just going to be a cute lawnmower. Exactly. And um, then and then Franny, who has really been like our our you know standard milker, you know, since we got she's her. She's never been a good milker. She's I thought always, she was no, pretty good. She's always been really good on the stand. Yeah. She's always been patient. When I wasn't a very good milker, when I was first learning, she was really patient. But she's always had a crazy wonky udder. She's always been hugely lopsided. Um, no matter how many kids she has, I mean, it's just a physical deformity of her. She's always had one wonky udder. Uh-huh. And for some reason, she's just gone to not... She hit her peak and is already petered out. Yeah. So I'm not milking her anymore either. So we were going over some old photos this week, and the, the goats are all, what, five years old now? Well... Franny is six because we got her in um, our first year. We had goats that spring in 2013. That's right. Her kids are Fern and Freckles, and they're like four. So, Tommy's like eight. Okay, so how long do goats go before they don't, you know, give you a good milk anymore? I don't know. I have to look at my book. They age out. Yeah, they'll have to look because it's it. I have to check. I'm not too sure. Okay. Because it came as kind of a surprise to me that our oldest were six, you know. Well, that's Franny, though. But like I said, she's always been wonky no matter how old she is. Yeah. And um, Twilight's older than Franny. I was going to say, right, because she was grown when we got her. Yeah, she's like at least eight, and she's still going strong. Wow. 
So okay. check out most from her every single day. But she's also sane and a Nigerian dwarf, so she's not 100% Nigerian. Franny's 100% Nigerian. Well, so that will be small. my homework for the week then. Yeah, see and, how long uh, they give good milk. Like Chickens are, what, good 8 to 10 years for eggs. If, they, if you can get your chickens to last that long in real life. Uh, supposedly they're good for eight to ten years. Chipetta is still alive, and she was born here in October of 2013. So she's the oldest chicken we have at six. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But everybody else is a baby because they're all newer. Yeah. The chickens, by the way, are uh, completely annoying. Yeah, they've been laying in weird, stupid places like under the carport and behind trash cans. They're not sleeping in the they're coop not, that I cleaned out. They're sleeping on our back porch. There. And someone's eating eggs. Yeah, well, first of all, something ate one of our chickens because we only have nine girls now. But but one of the chickens you I say think, is eating I eggs. Think some one of the chickens must be getting in there and eating eggs, or something's getting in there and eating eggs. But I think it might be Ida because I think she was eating eggs when she was sitting on the eggs that she was trying to hatch out. Oh, because that's how she wasn't starving to death while she was sitting on those oh. eggs. Oh, I'd come in and there'd be a broken egg on the ground in front of her. So. We'll ask this question to anybody who might be listening as well this week. Um, any tips on how to stop chickens from eating eggs? Like I try to go out all the time to get them, but when there's somebody sitting on, I don't have time to sit out there and wait for her to leave. You know, right? And I'm not going to get they. They'll bite me. I can't get bitten. <laughs> so a um, this is from a backyard poultry. Just a quick tips here. Um, they say uh, make sure your chickens are getting enough protein, which we feed them. Yeah, they get they get. Um, I mean, not only are they, they free ranging, but we throw out some you know laina. Yeah, they get chicken protein, chicken it, scratch basically, yeah, and it has like sixteen percent protein or something in it. I guess we could try that other feed that. Now uh, it does say you can supplement their diet with milk, yogurt, and or sunflower seeds. We may have just found another use for the goat milk. I give it to the cats. They drink it when the when I give it to the cats. They drink it out of the same bowl. It's hilarious. With the mm. t- and the cats won't go near the bowl when the chickens are drinking it. I give them whey, um, and they get black oil sunflower seeds. Uh, okay. They also say uh, keep the eggshells strong, which I would say, okay, normally I would say, yeah, ours are fine. The only reason why I'm pausing is because when I gathered eggs a few days ago, I had one actually break in my hand as I was trying to open the door. All right, maybe we'll throw out some. I'll grind up some shells this weekend and throw them out for them. Put yeah. them in their feeder. They also say put a wooden egg or a golf ball in the nesting box. We had them. I don't know what happened to them. I think a snake ate most of them. They're all gone. Yeah, so we'll have to get some more of those. Yeah. They say they. Well, we peck. have enough golf balls. Right. Yeah. Well, the idea is they peck, thinking it's a real egg, and then they can't break it, and so eventually they give up and they stop trying because they're kind of dumb. Oh, okay. Um, so that's the idea there. They also say fill an empty egg with English mustard. The uh, chickens don't like mustard. Really? Apparently. I they couldn't eat. So you blow out an egg. Okay. You fill it with mustard. You place it in the nesting box. When she goes to eat the egg, she and doesn't like the mustard. Oh, okay. Uh, they say collect eggs frequently. Try to collect eggs two to three times a day. I'm trying. We're trying, but there's always somebody there in a nesting box. It seems like right? that's, I'm timing it badly every single time. Uh, provide a cushioned nesting box, which we do. Uh, keep nesting boxes dim and dark. They mostly are because yeah. they're on the bottom level of a narrow chicken house. Uh, only feed your chickens cooked or scrambled eggs. 
Yeah, I never have given them any raw eggs. I only ever give them cooked food. Build or buy slanted nesting boxes, which we're not going to do. Yeah. Uh, give them plenty of things to do and peck at. Well, They're they, 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 they say a bored or crowded chicken will take to pecking at things, even their own eggs. Our chickens aren't bored. They're in the yard. Right. All over the place. Exactly. They're everywhere. Uh, and they say, for some, the very last thing to do is cull. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, some feel this is incredibly freezer. cruel. Backyard poultry says others view it as a flock problem that must be dealt with seriously. Personally, well, yeah. uh, I can see both sides. The only reason we have chickens is for eggs. Right. And so if they're eating the eggs, then why do we have the chickens? If one of them's eating the eggs, then why do we have the chickens? And I, I, like I said, I have a strong suspicion it might be Ida. So I need to... Do. Mm. Don't we have that... Game trail camera? Trail camera? Mm-hmm. We should see if we can... Set it hang up it up in inside the, in the of, on this inside of the bo- coop and point it at the nesting box where they usually sit because it only covers. We only needed to cover yeah, yeah. the first three. I think we can do that. I think we should do that. All right. That'd be we'll, put, we'll put the chickens video. on surveillance camera and figure out what's happening to the eggs. Yeah. The guilty offender is going to become soup. Chicken cacciatore or chicken soup. Okay. Or just stock because she's you know they're a couple years old now. Usually when you're talking about when you're eating chickens, Mm -hmm. you're butchering them when they're like, what, 11, 12 weeks? For the broilers? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe maybe like 15. Maybe, but still, these guys are considered tough. They'd be tough. These are boiling chickens. Boiling chickens. Okay. So, yeah, soup or something like cacciatore with the acid in the tomatoes helps to tenderize the meat. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, let's get to a couple of emails here before we uh, have to... Sig night for the uh, week here. Got an uh, email from Chris C. Who says, I hope that you all are well. I'm a proud member of the Beard Brigade. <laughs> Only trimming the stragglers. How would you describe my beard these days, darling? Uh, glorious. Ah, I like to hear that. It's, it's mighty. Uh, it's like Thor. <laughs> Alicia says, or Chris says, Alicia and I are hoping you kick this thing's Beep again. Thank you. Uh, your show a few weeks back, and then Cam and Company, where you said that you like to hear origin stories, maybe decide to put pen to paper, so to speak, about the thoughts I've been having about looking back and looking forward. Uh, Chris says, we're moving out of Massachusetts and up to New Hampshire, mm. and it makes me think back to when I actually experienced real freedom last, and that was where most people felt it. For me, it was when I was a kid in rural South Jersey. By the way, this is the first time, Chris, that I've ever heard anybody say, you know, the last time I felt free was when I was in Jersey. Well, when I was there in the when I was a little kid, yeah, it was great. In the seventies. When you're a kid, see my my New Jersey experience was uh, no, you can't play video games. There's a law against playing video games, <laughs> arcade games here where you live, so you can't play Dig Dug. You can't play the new Star Wars game. Anyway, Chris says uh, living in a place like Massachusetts, New York, California, Maryland, and also New Jersey. You learn very quickly that to do a lot of things, you must first ask permission from the state. Nothing, he says, was quite like it is now in the 80s, but there was, even then, more restrictions than states like Pennsylvania. Uh, He says, yes, my wife and I are both on the old end of the millennial generation. Well, we're on, I'm on the, I guess, the middle end of Generation X, and you're 
You're towards the early days of Generation X, so. Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, because technically, on some things, I'm the end of the baby boomers, yeah, but I'm also the beginning weird. of Generation X, so there's a weird little overlap with that. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. Uh, Chris says, my uncle was a huge influence in me as a kid, and he still is today. He was a bit of a rebel, a bit of a rebel in his younger days, and when I was younger, he always taught me to find out who I was and never been for anyone. He says, in fact, he was one of the people interviewed for Paul Lyon's book, Class of 66, which I... Hadn't heard about, but I'm now interested in in checking out. Uh, Chris says he decided the best way to change the system was to get involved. And eventually became the mayor of Egg Harbor Township. Oh, wow. That's awesome. He says he's probably the reason why, when I see something wrong, I need to fight it head on without delay. When my father lost his job and could not find anything locally, he started branching out, eventually finding work in Worcester, Mass. He moved up there, leaving my mother and I in New Jersey until we could move to a place my parents jokingly said they both had no desire to even visit. We moved to Wareham, Mass. in the early 1990s. My parents thought that being so close to where this country started, we should go visit Plymouth Rock before we even unpacked. My first real time in Massachusetts, I step out of the car and I'm immediately pooped on by a seagull. <laughs> I saw the gravel beaches of Cape Cod and I wondered why on earth anyone would want to be here. Uh, right. He says, my first indication that something was wrong in Massachusetts was all of a sudden my dad had to sell his guns. He said that they were illegal since they weren't registered. I learned later that he would either trade for them or paid cash while we were in New Jersey and had no idea that this was not legal. He says, we're not talking super scary evil guns here. A few shotguns, some twenty twos, Cold Army Special. Uh, it just goes to show you how easy it is for somebody to get jammed up. Uh, exactly. Hmm. Chris says, I grew up a little bit and I learned. Looking back, it's amazing the things that shape your outlook on life. I recently rewatched the best sci-fi show that nobody's heard of, Babylon 5. Now, I've heard of Babylon 5, Chris. I just never watched it. Uh, I realized that this show may have been what started getting me interested in politics and helped me form some of my core philosophies. I don't think that I would have gotten out of as much out of Atlas Shrugged and The Moon is a Cruel Mistress. Yay, Heinland. Uh, that's that's just me, editor's note here. Uh, when I had to read them in high school, had I not had the foundation set when I was younger. Chris says I also had an opportunity to travel around Europe while working for a race team taken into history. As I got older, I swung around the spectrum, somewhat finally landing where I am now. In 2008, I met my now wife at an Independence Day party. I knew pretty quickly that I was going to marry her. She, on the other hand, needed some convincing that this tattooed, blue-haired guy who raced cars professionally and for fun was the guy for her. <laughs> I did convince her somehow that racing was a really safe sport. By the way, this is crazy. Like, this guy could be your cousin. Could somehow be. Right? Really, yeah. Like, we, the whole Massachusetts and New Jersey thing and the car racing. And, and the racing. Like, that's just, yeah. yeah. So, I wonder what kind of cars you race because my dad started with big black, modif- mod- big block modifieds and then went into uh, outlaw sprints. And then my cousin races sprint cars and then his son races quarter midgets. So, yeah. <laughs> So Chris says, in 2009, I went back to, or he says, a week after uh, we met, not Chris and I, but Chris and the woman who becomes his wife. Yeah, I know. Uh, a week after we met, I was in a bad wreck where I shattered my sternum, broke four ribs, my left wrist, popped all the bursa sacs in my left knee. He says, being a man of my word, I did still bring her fudge from a tourist trap in Vermont on my drive back home in my race car. He says, I didn't know the extent of the damage until the next day when I went to the hospital on my lunch break, which sounds like a guy who races cars. <laughs> yeah, sounds like exactly like a guy who races cars. 2009, he says, I went back to Berlin, Germany to see a band play. As it turns out, this was a life-changing event. Um, He says, I got to see firsthand evidence of the Holocaust there. He said, the Germans are very transparent about what happened, and it's something I think everyone needs to see and touch. He said, it was there when it clicked just how important our rights here in America are and how easily they can slip away bit by bit. It also made me realize that there was more personal freedom in Germany than there was in Massachusetts. Okay. So, uh, Chris, after breaking his sternum, 
Um, he started to lift weights, got in trouble because he started doing it too early. He rebroke his sternum. He said, oh, no. uh, he said I needed something else to do while I couldn't race. And I remembered my old friend, Firearms. He said, my girlfriend was not amused by this, but I kept small. I kept it small for a time. She slowly got comfortable, at least didn't yell at me about the guns. Um, he says, I did my best not to agitate her too often. I learned real fast that we are stronger together than apart after some personal hardships. Go through the process in Massachusetts to get a license to carry was another eye-opener, Chris says. I lived in a great town where the chief believes in the individual right to keep their arms, but I remember the nervousness of waiting. Did I get denied? Did I get a restriction? Finally, I got the call back to go pick up my license to carry Class A, which is the same as our concealed carry license in Virginia. Oh, okay. But Class A allows you to carry pretty much, you know, everywhere where it's legal for you to carry. Then there are other restrictions like Class I and Chris, you're going to I'm going to get it wrong. But, you know, Class B is basically a transport license. You can take it to and from the range. Class C oh, okay. is even more restrictive. So on and so forth. Gotcha. I didn't realize that they had levels like that. Yep. They, and not many states do. But, you know. Massachusetts is, is one of the handful that uh, that have it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he says, this started me down the road of getting involved. Uh, when writing letters did nothing, I joined up with COM2A and Gun Owners Action League. I went to the Massachusetts State House, spoke with representatives often enough that I'm known by face and voice, uh, which also awoken my desire to leave Massachusetts, Chris says. Uh, my girlfriend was not interested. 2012, brought her to Germany for uh, her to see the magic of Christmas in Germany. Uh, it was a really great trip, but a chance visit to a new museum, the Topography of Terror, uh, set in my in stone my belief system. I could not imagine how so many stood by and let tyranny take over their respective countries. Mm. So he says, um, time goes on. He still wants to get out of Massachusetts. He's still involved there politically about the time. He says, you guys were contemplating doing something crazy and buying a farm. Uh, I was taking a huge step. He says, seeing if Alicia was foolish enough to marry me and also being kicked out of our apartment and needing to buy a house all at the same time, mm. since both are not stressful enough on their own. Right. He says, renting was far too expensive compared to buying, so we bought a place near Worcester. And he says, here we're doing something crazy just like you did. We're going to be buying land, building a house, and hopefully a workshop for me to keep my project cars and firearms in working order. We may have found land, and we're talking to builders early next month. Nice. He says, the future is right here in front of us, exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. Uh, he says, I'm taking the first real white Christmas since we got together as a sign that everything is going to work out. Uh, fingers crossed. And he says, um, for our garden this year, I'm largely undecided what to do. I may plant, I may not. He says, since we hope to be selling the house the following spring and possibly sooner than that, it may not be worth it. Uh, he says, uh, Missy, kick some cancer ass. He says, uh, Taylor pork roll is uh, spreading. <laughs> supermarkets in my area are selling it. Keep an eye out near the bacon in your larger supermarkets. Oh, yeah. We can find it in about an hour away now. So that's that's closer than it's ever been in the 22 years we've been married. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I just I just realized that... Um, we had that for dinner. We did have that for dinner. But I just realized that the email that Chris had sent... I was wondering by the, like, the White Christmas reference. Oh. Chris had originally sent that to us in January of 2018... Uh, and I think that we had replied at the time. So, Chris, you got a bonus read of your uh, email. And then he has sent you another one, and it was yesterday. And it, for whatever oh. reason, got stuck in the email oh, chain. Oh, weird. Okay. Right? That is weird. So, this the origin story is so nice, Chris. We told it <laughs> twice. Chris said, I recently found out. This is now Chris a year later, right. a year and a half later. Current day Chris. Right. Current day Chris. Uh, says, I recently found out you were still, in fact, doing this podcast. I was over the moon excited. 
uh, right up until I got to where the chemotherapy is no longer working. I'm not cut up yet, but I'm close. But I felt compelled to stop and write in to let you know that I'm thinking of you. Um, he says, uh, all the best to you both, the kids and the critters. As I've said from before, those from New Jersey are made of strong stuff. No silly cancer takes us without a fight. I'll check in once again, once I'm all the way caught up. And I did write back. You just, did. I said, spoiler alert. <laughs> you did. And, uh, and, and Chris, you now... We need an update from you, right? However, they because started. I want to know if the house and the workshop and the cars and and most of all, you, I, you know, as you well, yeah. I mean, our, our, you know, because you bought a place, you're looking to land near Worcester. So, you know, in that email from 2018, you very clearly had some reservations about staying in Massachusetts. Is there a Worcester, New Hampshire? Then no. Oh, okay, it's oh. Worcester, Mass. Okay. So I am I am curious if you have made your peace with living in Massachusetts. No, I mean seriously, if you and part of this is because you know Virginia has our elections this year, and I am hopeful that um, we are not going to turn into Massachusetts and New Jersey in terms of our gun laws. But yeah. if we have, you know, it's very very close in, in the legislature right now. So a swing of just a couple of seats and. All of a sudden, our gun laws are going to start looking a lot like Massachusetts and New Jersey. And, you know, I'm not saying we're going to put the farm on the market and move to West Virginia, but uh, that thought has crossed my mind. <clears throat> you know, but but I, I, I would like to know if, if you have, you know, reconciled yourself to, okay, I'm going to live in a state where I don't like the laws, but I'm going to keep fighting to change them. Or if it's, you know, I want to just drive to New Hampshire every opportunity I can. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do we do? It'd be hard to sell. It would be really hard to sell. Uh, and Although it would not we've be... added, you know, a lot of bonuses to the property. We've added. I was just thinking about that. We've added three buildings since we've moved here, and a fake little building because we've got the feed shed, which is not a real building. Right. The greenhouse, which mm-hmm. is a real building. The mm-hmm. chicken coop, which is a real building. I wouldn't call it chicken coop a real building. It's a real little building for chickens. <laughs> Okay. There's a lot of chickens. Okay. And this office. Yeah. So, yeah, we've added all these little outbuildings to our property. Great. Our compound. Yeah, let's talk about that and we'll see our property taxes go up. Anyway, (laughs) um, Mike in Michigan uh, was in Ohio last time at the Cardinal Center near uh, Marengo for the 2019 uh, Scholastic Clay Target Program National Championships. Oh, okay. Uh, as well as the SASP, which is the pistol rifle uh, version. Uh, he says uh, a few observations. The Cardinal Center, he says, is huge. He says there are trap fields for as far as you can see. Behind that, there are two sporting clays courses, a dozen ski fields up the road, a whole area for the pistol course, campground with hundreds of campsites, along with an indoor pool and a pond stocked with catfish for fishing. He says you need a golf cart to get around there. It's oh, so wow. huge. Right? He says it was also packed at the end of the week. Oh, yeah. um, number of participants doubled over 2,000 for trap alone. He says, I uh, have no idea how many shot rifle and pistol, but suffice it to say, well over 2,000 kids competed over the week. Holy so Lord. then add in coaches, parents, and, you know, you're looking at a pretty good-sized town. Hangers on siblings that had to get dragged right. along because no one could watch them. Yeah. He says, uh, there were great deals on guns and gear. Dozens of outlet stores for manufacturers like Kohler, Kriegoff, Cesar Garini, CZ USA. Browning, Beretta, Whiteflyer, Briley's. Um, he says there are other vendors like uh, Jaquas that uh, also were selling firearms. He says, in fact, I bought one from them. Um, and he says with all of those people, there weren't really any problems. 
says the uh, shooting community is simply the nicest group that you'll ever meet. He says the stores will let the kids demo any guns that they wanted to. So a fifth grade kid could take a $40,000 Kriegoff out to the trap fields and shoot it a few times. Just needed to have an adult leave their driver's license at the store as collateral. Nice. It's uh, it's interesting to me how many similarities there are with the racing community and the gun community. Like, there's just a bunch of people who are just really interested in what they're doing, but they're just a bunch of really nice people who are doing it. I would say, yeah, you're right. I would say that um, the idea of giving a fifth grader a $40,000 shotgun is probably going to move the needle more towards the shooting community because I don't think there'd be too many racers who'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, kid. Get behind the wheel of my, uh, my you know... Quarter midget. Hey, here you go. Why don't you give it a couple of spins? Yeah, that's that's just not going to happen. Well, uh, no. No. That's way more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mike says it was my kind of crowd politically. Lots of pro-America, pro-NRA, pro-Trump sentiment. Uh, in fact, more than a few cars were flying Trump flags. He says if anybody objected, I never saw or heard it. He says my son did okay for his first trip to Nationals. Well, I'm glad. He says he shot his very first straight 25 in the very last round that he shot. So a 176 out of 200 in trap. Uh, that's not bad. That's really good. Honestly. I think that's like a, a B, right? <laughs> <laughs> he says, all in all, it was a great week. Even the weather cooperated for the most part. Only rained a little bit during our competitions. Can't wait to go back next year. He says, my son didn't get any medals, uh, but some of the younger squads did medal in skeet and sporting clays. And he says, you really should send somebody to cover the event for bearing arms next year. These kids are the future of the shooting sports and the future defenders of our right to keep and bear arms. And he says, from what I saw, the future is in good hands. That's actually, it's a, a great idea. Um, and of course, when you say go, you know, send somebody, that means me. Uh, and, and I would love to. You know, I've talked on Cam and Company before about the Minnesota State High School Trap Championships. I think we were actually talking about that on this program a couple of weeks ago. And the fact that there were something like 12,000 kids in Minnesota taking part in the state championship. And there are like 30,000 kids across the state participating. There are wow. 300 plus high schools that have their trap team. And it's the fastest growing sport in Minnesota. Oh, wow. Right. It's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that, uh, I, I think that's a great idea and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to do more coverage like that. I, I'm, you know, I'm taking things, uh, kind of one step at a time. You know, like I said, this is the, by the time you're listening to this, we're going to be coming up on the end of my second week as editor bearing arms. I think I'm starting to get my sea legs under me in terms of, you know, writing and right. And, and, and so now we're going to add on a, a, a broadcast component. And then once we kind of get that pattern nailed down, then I want to I do want to be able to look at, OK, well, let's kind of take the show on the road. And how easily can we do that? Well, if it's um, only this kind of little setup sometimes and that might not be a big deal. You no, know, it should be pretty easy. And, and and that was, you know, another thing with with the old Gammon Company is that it was not easy to take the show on the road. Um, but this... It made it more difficult than it had to be because of all the set stuff. Well, there was that, but there was also just a lot of, you know, the live broadcasting is... Oh, that's a lot different. Than, exactly. Yeah. That adds a whole other layer of complexity. And then when you, you know, want to... Anyway. Anyway. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying bad things about it. I'm just saying that, you know, I will be able to do this, I think, uh, from a, a one-man band perspective. And, uh, and so that... Hopefully, will allow me some freedom to do some some traveling and some road show, uh, you know, some 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 road shows for 
whatever we have coming up. Yeah. Why in not? the very near future. Road trips, road shows, shows on the road. Road trip shows? Yeah. <laughs> road trip shows. Road trip shows. Yes. All right, so that about does it, I think, for this week's 40 Acres and a Fool. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our lives. Thank you for writing in and uh, inquiring about hot sauce. We will have in the next, uh, let's say, two weeks. I'm not going to promise anything by the next podcast, but maybe the podcast after that. We will probably have this year's hot sauce bottled up. We'll know how many bottles we have. We'll know how many bottles we can give away. Probably not going to give away a whole lot to start because we're going to save some for our Christmas presents and, you know, things of that nature. But we'll give away a couple. Yeah. But it won't be $10 shipping and handling. Nope. It'll be at least, like we said, 16 Yeah. Maybe 20 bucks. And we are... Uh, it'll be a fancier box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we are also going to be uh, working on the t-shirt. So hopefully by the next time mm. that we have a podcast, I'll be able to give you some information on... Uh, or at least an update on our Corny Goat Farm t-shirts. Well, we do have the artwork. We just need to figure out how to get it to a t-shirt. That is true. So we probably just need to get it scanned in and sent off to somebody. I think that's it. I think it really, we just have to scan it and then go from there. Okay. All right. And I'm not quite sure when we're going to do a podcast next week, because next week is, it's the start of our big week. We've got uh, our wedding anniversary, 22 years. That's uh, coming up. It's like a week from a week today. From the, yeah. And then the day after that's my birthday. Yoo-hoo. And then we're going out to uh, eat with uh, a friend and um, someone who I met at the interannual meeting in, uh, in Indianapolis this year for the first time. Uh, a gentleman who lives in northern Kentucky and uh, lives to Cam and Company. When is this? This is next week. We okay. talked about it. Okay. <laughs> when was this? All right, chemo brain. <laughs> so, you know it's chemo. It certainly isn't alcohol anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. No, that's why I called you chemo brain. I didn't call you a lush mouth. Thank uh, you. <laughs> so, anyway, so anyway, we uh, we we had the opportunity to meet. We uh, had drinks in in Indianapolis. Really, really nice guy, and uh, we've kept in touch since then. And uh-huh. so he's bringing his family out. Uh, to do the Virginia vacation of, you know, let's go see Monticello and let's go see uh, Montpelier. And he asked, you know, can we meet up for dinner while we're out here? And oh, okay. I'm like, sure. Where are we going? So, um, someplace in Farmville. Oh, Farmville. Okay, good. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to be in Charlottesville the day before, so I figured you wouldn't want to drive all the way back up there two days in a row. I got to do it two days in a row as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm not quite sure when we're going to have a podcast but we will have one next week at some point and uh, also we won't know this until we talk again uh here on the podcast but uh, next week missy has another scan so if you are the praying kind please uh please say your prayers that the uh clinical trial is still working and uh if it is not then please say a prayer that we can find another option here uh very very soon if you would please so, uh, uh, listen, and I don't mean to freak anybody out. I don't want to end on a bad note. You feel good? I've I've never felt sick unless they give me chemo. But this time around, like, you actually feel good. You feel, yeah, like... I feel fine. Right? I don't feel sick anymore. You, I haven't, but you don't feel like anything has been... I haven't had been... any side effects that, I, that are really that bad, that are really all that horrible. My dentist said yesterday that my mouth doesn't look like somebody who's undergoing chemotherapy my teeth are in really good shape which is really good because they were 
really they were starting to get affected yeah uh, last round so um yeah your hair's growing back i feel feel fine yeah my hair is finally growing back although it's growing and funny because the whole front checks and it's white or see-through i swear and then it starts darkening so it makes me look like this crazy male pattern baldness thing happening and i was like no, there's really hair there. I can see it. Yeah, I can I've feel it. I've stopped wearing hats so that people can actually see, like, oh, no, that's what male pattern baldness looks like. <laughs> I do it for you, baby. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're that. welcome. So, but no, I feel fine. I just, but I've never felt. I know. The only time you felt bad felt is when sick. they've been trying to make you better. Yeah. I know. But, but that's the thing. Like, this time around, you really haven't had any side effects to make you feel bad. So no. I think that you would notice if you were starting to feel worse, and you're not. No. So there's, you know, there's nothing outside of the fact that, okay, it's that time again where we find out if it's working or not. Uh, and we are optimistic. Listen, don't get me wrong. We are hopeful. But at some point, you also learn to... You think about the worst case scenarios. You think about what's going to happen and how you're going to feel if the doctor says it's not working because you don't want to be blindsided. We had that happen to us once. Once. And it sucked. Yep. And so, you know, you put up your little emotional barriers, but it doesn't mean that we're not optimistic. It doesn't mean that we're not hopeful. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that we are not incredibly grateful and appreciative of your thoughts and your prayers. So... Uh, any that you can spare between yeah. now and next Wednesday. <laughs> thank you very much in advance. And until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and make stuff. And we'll see you here soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 